This was a big swing game for the Cats as they took Gwet into Washington on this third game of their four-game road trip and come out with a big win as they tie the Capitals in points for the wild card race. We're going to discuss how big this win it was for the Cats and where they stand in the wild card and everything else on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, February 17th edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube and send in your screenshot of your subscription and your five-star rating to whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Chicago Blackhawks game on March 10th. Best of luck, everybody. So the Cats. It, it feels like we've been talking about this specific game for over a week and the importance of it. We've basically been discussing since the Pittsburgh game on January 24th of the team that the Panthers are chasing and marking this down. And of course, the Capitals without Alexander Ovechkin due to death of his father and won't be with the team for a little while. But the Panthers, they, they, they saw this as an opportunity to get two points in regulation and tie with the Washington Capitals for the final wild card spot, even though the Capitals do have a game in hand. But man, what a win for the Florida Panthers. And it's a perfect time to bring in my guest in on the show. It is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And it's a victorious Fairbanks Friday. Nick, welcome back to Lockdown Panthers. Thanks for having me back, Armando. And yes, it is a great victorious Friday that we're going to have discussing here. Yeah, man, and and just when when you think about just one game left on the trip, of course you were at the game in St. Paul at the XL Energy uh, Center, which the Panthers gutted out a win. They gutted mm-hmm. out this one. Sure, they uh, they look like they ran out of gas on on Tuesday against St. Louis, but they got the most important win uh, of the of the road trip. They got. They knew what was at stake. The convert. The, the the Panthers even spoke about it in their morning availability about them being oh so aware of what was at stake and the and also the playoff probability. Had they lost in regulation versus had they won, it, it's about forty three percent with the win. It, if they lost, it would have gone down to like twenties as well. So just an overall big swing game as the Florida Panthers go into Capitol Run Arena, their first game since they won game six last, last year. 
to to advance for the first playoff series in 26 years and they come out with the with a big win and winning the season series against Washington uh, what are your major takeaways tonight for 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 the Panthers so number one, uh, I feel like Florida left off where they, you know, ended the last series in the playoffs last year. Carter Verhage, uh kind of, you know, leading the way, um, you know, not only with Temple, but he put up two more points tonight against the Capitals. And uh, I think they said on the broadcast that he's averaging about two points a game in the last eight games against the Capitals. So very happy to see him uh, continue his dominance. Uh, definitely somebody who... Um, deserved, uh, you know, all the accolades, all the praise that he got last year. But, you know, he's being even better this year, although it may seem like he's more streaky this year. Um, but, you know, outside of just for Hagee himself, it just seemed like the team was ready to play from the start. They were dominating the Capitals. And I have to give it to the defense. For the first two periods, they were standing up to the blue line. They were not allowing anything through easy. And, you know, if the Capitals did get a chance, uh, you know, at a shot, it was always to the outside. It was blocked, or Bob was right there to make the save. Yeah, and and uh, Jeff Chikrin and Randy Muller also spoke about it in their keys of the game about what they wanted, what they wanted to see out of the Florida Panthers. Uh, two of them were special teams and outside speed for the, for the Panthers. Sure, the Florida Panthers didn't get um, didn't score um, didn't uh, score score on the on the power play. Uh, in uh, tonight's matchup going 0 for 2, now 1 of 18 in the month of February. But the fact that they were able to use their speed to close in on what what looked like the Capitals were starting to get in on rushes and then the Florida Panthers just used their speed to just deny any shot opportunities for Sergey Bobrovsky. I know this is a little bit of an older squad for Washington. I, I just looked it up. They, were, they are the fifth oldest team in the nhl by average age the panthers are 12 mm-hmm. for those wondering and just with the the start that the that the panthers had uh as well with protecting sergey Bobrovsky, and then one of the goals leading leading into rush chances for a scoring opportunity as well just a big moment momentum change chain, changing game mm-hmm. two periods for for the Panthers as well as they as they protected their goalie only six shots on goal in the first in, in the first period and then and then just creating their rush chance and then also think about the type of goals that the Washington Capitals have there were goals off of some strange bounces it wasn't off the cycle neither it wasn't um it wasn't too much of getting in front of the net as well it's just a it came down to to some unlucky bounces for the Panthers as well yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't see the first goal. Um, I was busy taking care of uh, something around the house, but uh, you know, I came back and uh, saw the Nicholas Backstrom goal, which uh, unfortunately Bob didn't see. I think Stahl was kind of screening him, but I think he was also trying to block the shot. And then the goal, I think, by Kuznetsov goes off of Forsling and just bounces right behind Bob. So, um, you know, sometimes you just got to throw the puck at the net, and you know, good things happen, but. You know, unfortunately for the Panthers, it kind of put them back on their heels a little bit and kind of, you know, raised my blood pressure a little bit just because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, guys, you look great for six for 40 minutes. Now we're doing this with seven minutes to go. We're, we're really, you know, not able to shut this down. And um, so, you know, I just, I just hope that Florida can learn from this, not to take their foot off the gas pedal and that they stand up on the blue line and they don't give it, give anything easy. So 
Uh, one last point is that I'm really glad that Bob um, played as well as he did in the first two periods because he made the saves that he needed to to keep the team in the game and also to, for them to keep their lead, uh, even with Lars Ellers running into him um, and nothing being called. So, um, And that's something I will talk about later in the show. Yeah, Lars Eller coming in with an interference on Carver Hagee, crashing into the net, and then denying him of Lars Eller creating that rush. Uh, mm -hmm. But also, got, I, let, I'm going to look at um, three stars of the game. Uh, it was Verhage, Eric Gustafson, and Alexander Barkov as the three stars of the game. I I, I think that <laughs> Gus Forsling is, is, very, is worthy of a star of the game as well because – the, the fact that he was just closing in on his speed as well and then taking block shots, including one on the penalty kill that he was very uncomfortable going into um, towards the Panthers bench as well. And then scoring uh, that first goal of the game where Etu mm -hmm. was on the give and go, drawing three three uh, red jerseys and, and then Gus Forzing uh, wristing it past Darcy Kemper as, as well. And also the broadcast also mentioned about the, the Panthers tops in the league when scoring five seconds within a turnover, within within getting a turnover, they said five point one on this one, but it's been happening mostly uh, most of the season when they when they do get on the forecheck and then the defense isn't able to get set so to to block a shot and in and an open shooting lane for for the Panthers as well. But man, what just the fact that the Panthers were just able to just use their speed in the first two periods to not necessarily put this game in doubt, but but deny really any any kind of comeback that the Capitals tried to do. Yep, they definitely showed that they were the better team and that they were the surging team. Um, you know, I mentioned it. You know, before the show that this team looks a lot. The Capitals, this Capitals team looks a lot different without Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, you know, kind of you know, ruling about the you know the <laughs> the play, face off circle and offensive zone, but. Um, they're going to have a long rebuild ahead of them. And um, I think Florida just needs to keep their foot on the gas pedal. And, you know, I know these other teams like Detroit and B uh, Buffalo have all these games to uh, make up, but here's the thing. They got to win those games. So, yes. um, you know, don't pay attention too much to the scoreboard. Just take care of what you need to and good things will happen. Absolutely. And we're going to discuss that more on in the next segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all – about our friends at Built Bar and looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. We got through the holidays and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this season. So if you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I got the thing for you. Make What makes Built Bar so good? For starters, they're covered 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure. How Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab a, yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors. Brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Segment number two here on this Friday, February 17th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, a victorious Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. And even though Mark Stahl took a pretty dumb penalty towards the end of the game, uh, which the Capitals scored on the six on four, mm -hmm. he got his first goal as a Panther. And 
just let's talk about the elation of Matthew Kachuk getting for for Mark Stahl getting his first goal, which was just a wonderful screen for for uh, for Matthew Kachuk up, up in front of Darcy Kemper. Just uh, what do you think? What do you think of that? Possible of the of that with uh, the Panthers at the time going up two goals um, with being up being on the road. Number one, it was a really big goal. Um, you know, the fact that Florida started the game with two goals uh, from defensemen, which, you know, will only increase, um, you know, they're, uh, I think they're either tied with the league lead or they're very uh, uh, close to the top uh, from goals for, by defensemen. So uh, hats off to Mark Stahl. I know he's been working hard. Uh, he's gotten better as the season's gone on. I'm not saying he's perfect because, uh, you know, I think the first couple of uh, podcasts that we did early in the season, it's like, why is this guy in the team? But He's been better as of late. His defense uh, has been uh, very good. He's been blocking a lot of shots. So I think he was very deserving of this. And the elation that Matt Tuchuk had after that goal scored, just it shows the, the, the unity that this team has and that they really do care for one another. And that, you know, I think Mark's been looking for that goal for a while because it was supposed to be his 50th of his career. And, you know, he, he just likes to rip it and, just hasn't had the luck. And, you know, tonight was, you know, during the probably the biggest game of the season, probably at one of the biggest junctures of the game because, you know, Panthers are only up one and they're notorious, unfortunately, for giving up leads. So going up 2 nothing against, uh, you know, a possible uh, playoff uh, foe was really big. So very happy for him. Yeah, as, as am I. And, uh, and Colin White as well, a guy who has been in and out of the lineup as well. <clears throat> He's battled injuries in his uh, in his career, bought out by the Senators, and then you know no Sam Bennett tonight for for the Panthers, but of course with Etu going up a line a line and then and then uh, for for we didn't know how the minutes were going to be distributed for Paul Maurice, and of course with the with the lead as well, um, Paul Maurice was it made Paul Maurice's job a little easier when distributing ice time as well, so. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the the Bob uh, the Bob stop on Lars Lars Eller was on the mm-hmm. on the White and Lundell rush. So and also there was a lot of self inflicted wounds for the Capitals in the first two periods. They were just misconnecting on passes, which is which is uh, what led to the the Alexander Barkov goal. And <laughs> let's talk yeah. let's let's talk let's talk about that because that was just over a minute after TJ Oshie's uh, slap shot was deflected off of Dylan Strom and in and using Denisenko as a decoy. And then if you look at the replay again, Brandon Montour was the trailer just ready to take a one-timer. If the, if the, if Alexander Barkov decided to do a drop pass there, how beautiful was that? No look shot for, for Alexander Barkov. I think I put it on Twitter after it happened. One word, dirty. The fact that his head didn't turn at all. He was looking at <laughs> uh, who was he looking at? He was looking at. Um, he, I, he was uh, looking at Dennis. Dennis Sanko. Sanko. Yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, he was just looking at Dennis Sanko and didn't even turn his head, and he put it five hole. It's not the first time he's done that, by the way. It's I think it's the second or third time he's done it in a game, and it's just you know it makes me think of what Keith Handel said to him, you know, a couple of years ago um, during a uh, shootout. Shootout. Is this game even fun for you? I mean, the fact that he's able to do something like that so just casually is ridiculous. So um, 
But outside of that, it was a huge response goal. Florida needed that, um, you know, just to kind of keep their foot uh, on top of uh, the Capitals. And, hey, you know, he had to come up big tonight. Um, you know, I'm glad that he came to play and he had a multi-point game as well. Yep. And uh, and uh, uh, I, I tweeted after, 0% chance that Alexander was Bark- um, Alexander Barkov was passing that nothing against Denisenko, even though mm-hmm. – there were times where I thought Denisenko drew penalties and they didn't call it. I there was a time where I felt like he, his stick was slashed out of his hand and then he was uh, cross checked from the back, but no yep. calls uh, for Den- Denisenko uh, there as well. And and there was also uh, Gudis's stick that was uh, that was pulled out of um, from the Washington bench into into theirs, and then and then. Uh, the the Panthers, uh, um, I believe they drew a penalty af- after that as well. No, they did not. But um, but also the the Panthers going after Lars Eller, TJ Yoshi. Everybody was grabbing a dance partner as well because uh, and even 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 when even Kachuk was uh, pissing off a little bit uh, the the Capitals there that even if he was uh, just casually skating there. That mm-hmm. he they were just grabbing him and then the and then uh, scuffles uh broke out a little bit. So what do you think of those? Definitely, and um, you know I I'm gonna kind of go out on a limb here, but I kind of lost some respect for T.J. Oshie tonight. Um, I I don't know what happened between him and Lomberg, but it just seemed like he really lost his cool, and which is why he got the uh, game misconduct um, penalty and why Florida went on the power play, but. Um, some of the penalties that he drew tonight were not even penalties. I know that there was one on Montour that they called that he was holding, and Oshie just went down on one knee like he just got mm. shot. Um, and, you know, for you to say, you know, about the Mark Stahl penalty where he did cross-check him, yeah, that was a cross-check, but I also felt like he went down and he sold it pretty well, like he couldn't get up. Like, come on, dude. Like, you've been in the playoffs. You That's your position. You get cross-checked all the time. Like, like be, be a professional. Um so I'm okay with it. Like the fact that my fourth line agitator was able to get under their, probably their best player skin. I'll, I'll take that all day. And that Matt, the truck was there to, uh, you know, back Lomberg up. As Goldie said, this is a player that we've been waiting for a guy who's in his prime. He's going to score a hundred points. Hopefully every season, he's going to put up 35, 40 goals and he can do everything. So I just, I don't think Florida's had a player like this outside of maybe Alexander Barkov. Um, on the team ever, you know, somebody that's got all the tools. So uh, just very happy that we have him for eight more years. And let's not forget the non-call that Oshie had possibly boarding Mark Stahl towards the, oh, yeah. towards, towards the end, bo- end boards as, as well. And, and then credit to Lomberg for drawing that unsportsmanlike uh, conduct uh, penalty uh, on TJ Oshie. And then, yeah, uh, Goldie with another beautiful line in in the third period on the Montour uh, penalty, uh, a penalty for play, playing great great defense uh, <laughs> as well. So uh, so, but but still, the the Panthers they put a little bit of a scare. But uh, we of course we spoke about how how it it wasn't really the the Capitals really setting up too much with off the cycle, and 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 the Panthers were just creating so um, opportunities off off the rush and Panthers keeping mm-hmm. them to the uh, perimeter. And there was even a time where uh, Dmitry Orlov had a gr- grade A opportunity um, all alone on Sergei Bobrovsky and he misses the net. So it was a 
just combination of the Panthers using their speed and the, and the Washington Capitals just missing out on their opportunities. Most definitely. And, you know, I, I have to say, you know, you have to be a good team uh, to be lucky and you have to be a bad team to not have any luck. Um, I think the Capitals have kind of run out of their luck for this season. Um, unfortunately, you know, as we spoke, you know, Ovechkin's, you know, away from the team because of uh, the death of his father and, you know, condolences to him and his family. But um, I just, I don't think the Capitals have much left in the tank for the rest of the season. So I'm just, I'm just happy that Florida was able to kind of weather that wave at the end of the game and pull out a win. So uh, mm-hmm. are they playing again this season or is that it? Um, next matchup is April 8th in Washington, their third and final matchup. Okay. So, uh, looking forward to that one. Hopefully for Hagee can put up another two or three points. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And before we transition over to segment number three, a little bit of a correction, the power play goal that the, uh, Washington Capitals did score was on the Brandon Montour, uh, penalty, not on the, uh, Mark Stahl penalty. Yeah. So apologies for messing that one, that one up, uh, everybody, but, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, before we, we do. 70 of 75 against the against the Washington Capitals uh this season come for a for good enough for a 933 save percentage on the season for for Bobrovsky against the Caps so wish the Panthers could play uh them every single day so and yeah. of course for Hagee scoring his two points averaging the game just a good matchup for the for the Panthers but let's transition over to segment number 3 to talk about where the Panthers stand as far as the standings and and how a certain scenario in the tiebreakers can favor the Cats. We're going to discuss this and more on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And Nick... The, the Panthers now tied with with Washington in points 62 on the on the season. Washington does have a game in hand and with one matchup left we took, spoke about April 8th in in Washington. Mm-hmm. but here is one here's one tiebreaking scenario that favors. Uh, the, the Panthers with all the teams that are that are that are chasing along with the Panthers for that final that final spot where the Florida Panthers the first tiebreaker is regulation wins the Florida Panthers have 25 of them and of course we've spoken about the Panthers losing all those o- o- overtime games their record not being great and all that and only I th- um only Three of them coming after overtime, uh, after regulation. Excuse me. Panthers have twenty-five. New York has twenty-three. Buffalo has twenty. Detroit has nineteen. And double checking on the score of Red Wings Flames, it's now three-two Detroit. Uh, so Detroit is quietly creeping up in, in the wild card race after winning four four games in a row. Just. <laughs> Great position for the Florida Panthers to be in, and it's even bigger that the Panthers have this this regulation wins tiebreaker in this in their favor. Most definitely, and 
they need to keep playing solid games. They need to come out hard. They need to come out fast, and they need to score first. Um, you know, I think their record is much better. Um, you know, when they score first rather than giving up the first goal, uh, this team does not come out come from behind very well uh, this season as compared to you know what they did last season, where they literally were the comeback cats. So. Um, you know, you like to think that the team is a little bit more stable now. You know, it's not just run and gun. You know, they're actually really trying to play defense, trying to shut down the opponent and everything like that. So I think that's more of a sustainable uh, system. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, you said New York's got 23. Panthers passed under above one point. They're tied with the Capitals. And the Capitals have how many wins uh, regulation? Like 20? 20. 20 hold on I, I, I just had it right in front of me hold on it's it's all right uh i know I, the islanders have 23 while the capitals have 22 okay so right there the top two teams that you know florida basically is in uh jockeying for position right now they have two to three wins above them now you think about the other teams that they're trying to you know beat out right now with buffalo and detroit um those teams are winning or they're gaining points to be in overtime Detroit did that last night. They barely escaped Edmonton. Now they're leading um, Calgary, which between you and me, they're not going to hold that lead going into the third period. Um, they're famous for letting that go because they were up, I think, three to one or four to one last night, and they let it go to McDavid. So fingers crossed right now that um, I'm going to say this very lightly, that Detroit blows it and they lose it. Um, that way, one of the games you know that they have in hand, you know, they lose. And Florida doesn't have to sweat it out so much after tonight. Yeah, and uh, they uh, and even if they do end up winning it after regulation, it, it's a it, it it won't count towards that that tiebreaker, which is yeah is basically saying you earn this in this period of time. You are more worthy of going to the the postseason and. Just looking back at, I, I just want to look back at just this uh, th this third period for the Panthers. Of course, uh, we we spoke about the Panthers go, go, getting up, um, going up four one at, at, mm -hmm. at the end of the at the end of the second. Third period, third periods have been a struggle for the Panthers. Um, oh, yeah. I, I haven't checked what their goal differential ha is recently, but also. And, but also their their power power play going cold penalty kill was pretty good um until um, for in the last uh, ever since Eric Stahl came back but of course giving up two of them uh, on on the night um the the Panthers it, it's crazy this this type of game that they had tonight we thought about we it, it kind of sent me a little bit of flashbacks to the series last season where they struggled on the power play. Uh, and and just use their even strength uh, game to to lift them up. And how much of a of a cause of concern is right for you right now that the Panthers' power play has gone a little cold? So the power play is definitely cold, but I rather them be cold right now than when it starts to matter. Um, probably when they start, you know, coming home and having that huge stretch of games. Um, if they don't figure it out by then, then yeah, that then I'll be concerned. You want to know what I'm really concerned about is mm -hmm. all the damn penalties that they take. Yes. I think they're the most penalized team in the NHL this season. Um, it's just either no discipline or I actually looked at a chart. They are probably the most penalized team as far as like it being in fairness. 
So like, are they getting the calls? Are they being called for like fluff calls? Kind of like tonight with Brandon Montour on TJ Oshie, like are a lot of those calls happening or are the players just not being, um, you know, responsible with their sticks? Like how many high sticking penalties are they taking this season? It just seems like every game there's two or three, um, you know, and it just, they need to figure out a better way to, I guess, put themselves in a position to not give up leads or give the opposition any type of, um, you know, in uh, to possibly get back in the game. Yeah, and then there, let's not forget also that there was a two, another too many men on the ice uh, penalty for the Panthers uh, t- today. Uh-huh. I have an issue with that one. I have a big right. issue with that one. That puck hit the ref. It was not played by any player. Yes, they had six players, but one of them was on basically off the ice. And when the, the puck bench. hit the ref, that's when he, yes, hit the ref, and then he decided to call it. I was not happy about hmm. that. So that that's two calls tonight that I felt like shouldn't have been called. Um, and it just I, – I don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe Paul Maurice really grinded an axe against uh, the refing uh, <laughs> uh, collective, and now they're just coming after the Panthers just because they don't like Paul. I don't know. Maybe, that's just my conspiracy theory uh, mind going, <laughs> going there. Yeah, balloons everywhere popping off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thankfully the Panthers uh, were speedy enough to uh, to uh, get by the Capitals. They eliminated a lot of the chances, even though the Capitals shot themselves in the foot despite despite going to the box at a uh, five times uh, tonight. They still find a way to beat them at even strength. Bobrovsky comes out huge, like we talked about, seven for 75 combined in the two games. For Hagee, two points. You get the most important win in the road trip. And let, and their next opponent, the Nashville Predators, uh, last time I checked, they were down 4 nothing against the Bruins, double-checking. Now they're five. not they, – they, that score went final, actually, 5 uh, nothing. And Philip Forsberg is day-to-day. Uh, so he might not play on Saturday. So big opportunity – Depth scoring has been the issue for the, uh, the Preds. If it's not Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg scoring, they're not getting much contributions. UC Soros is, uh, carries that team. So a big opportunity Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern for, for, the, for the Panthers. What are your thoughts uh, going into that game? You got to score early. You got to get into Soros' head and make him uncomfortable. And, you know, you're playing against a team that's, defensively minded i mean they've had defense galore like just they're just drafting and churning guys out um you still have roman yossi that's roman back door you used to have at yep. home um i mean they have some grinders there that you know that they can really they can do some damage but if florida plays the right way and they get another big game out of bob um well, actually i'm not gonna say a big game um you know as long as he's average i think florida has a chance to uh take this one pretty easily but at the same time, every single game that I think that they can take easily becomes, like I said, blood pressure inducing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, we just we just hope that they, you know, skate away with the two points. And I, I think they will. Mm-hmm. I, I think so, too. And and even though um, and Nino Niederreiter was a was a guy that we were actually vouching for a little bit for the Panthers to possibly uh, uh, go after him. And, and he's uh, third on the Preds in uh, in goals. And. He's more of a bottom six guy um, on a, on a contending team, uh, and if that's your third 
highest goal score it's a it, it, you got a little bit of an issue uh there on on your on your team so a big opportunity ahead and like you said score first uh, on on uc stars that's even that's even if uh if they decide to uh play him in the matinee game so you never know what the goaltending matchup on on a uh, early afternoon start um we could see spencer we could very well see bob but mm. at the way at the way the way the way sergey bobrovsky's playing i would put him in for for sure i 100% 100%. So. His, his best game in the season was against Minnesota. Barnum. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that seeing that live and how he was able to get around to everybody to make those stops and what he did in overtime was ridiculous. Um, they wouldn't have won that game if Spencer was in there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. No, that, that game was over probably after the first period. Or no, second period. I'm sorry. Uh, Panthers dominated the first period. But yeah, uh, Bob is playing on another level right now, which is great. Uh, he's really been one of the reasons why the, they've turned around the season. You got you got to let him, you know, stay in that groove and let him play. Yes. Absolutely, and I, I I agree I agree one hundred percent. So uh, Nick, I, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. A victorious Fairbanks Friday edition. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you online. Armando, as always, thank you again for having me on. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero, and uh, I look forward to coming back next week. Um, who are we? Who are we playing next week? Uh, next, pulling up the schedule. Actually, um, no, no game Thursday. Thursday night, uh, they'll be home against Buffalo. Against on Buffalo. Friday. So big, another Ooh. big game coming up. We'll have to game. talk. We'll yes. have to talk. Definitely. <laughs> so thank you so much, Nick, and I will see you next week. See you, sir. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski gives you a 30-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene. Listen to Locked On Sports today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>